to Podden Ain't Easy here on the Rogue Opinions podcasting feed. I am one of your hosts, Phil McLeod, and we've wrapped up Loki. Our glorious purpose has concluded, and you can listen to us talk about uh, the Loki finale and all the possibilities with the multiverse and the different timelines and what that could mean for the MCU and our most recent episode alongside a newest member of the Rogue Opinions team, Sam, over in our last episode. But now you know, when we finish one series, we always have to find something else to go on to uh, talk about. So we've played the offering in the Star Wars universe, Star Wars, The Bad Batch. Uh, something I've been really looking forward to talking about. We're just doing the first episode today, and we'll be doing kind of patches for the next few episodes, or our Bad Batches, if you could say. Uh, obviously, I couldn't be here on my own uh, to cover this. Joining me uh, is the other half of Team Godfather, the crosshair to my... I literally forgot who the leader of the group was. <laughs> Hunter. Fucking hell. I, I literally finished up the episode five minutes ago and I forgot Hunter's name. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> awful, by the way. But yeah, I'm really good. Cheers, Scott. And... Uh... Yeah, glad it's not just me who uh, mind goes blank. I just thought it was old age, but perhaps, <laughs> perhaps it isn't. It's definitely an old age for me. It was just my birthday recently. Uh, I went to go see Shang Chi as far as my birthday. Uh, I know you haven't seen it yet, but for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, I do recommend going and seeing it because it's a really like really good film. Mostly, it's, you can see that about a lot of stuff that Marvel does nowadays, but. Like, given it's something completely new, and you know, if you're into your martial arts kind of style film, then you can really like get a kick out of this. And also, there's parts of it, especially in the early part, that are subtitled because, or subtitled because the characters being Chinese, but you know, the majority of it's in English, but you know, the bits that are subtitled don't take away from the overall film. Oh, that's good to know, then. I'm looking forward to seeing it at uh, some point in the future. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I live in a small town and the, and the nearest. Cinema is quite a way away, so I don't get the opportunity to go that often, unfortunately. I'll say, but I would recommend doing it also when you do get the opportunity. But, you know, before we talk about what we're here to talk about, Carl, uh, how, how have you been in yourself? Yeah, I've not been too bad, thanks. I've been uh, enjoying the, the tennis the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. so... Uh, yeah, brilliant to see Emma Raducanu win and Danielle Medved, who I'm also a fan of. Yeah, um, I would probably. There you go. And I was just about to say, um, and how was uh, your birthday? It was pretty good. Uh, nearly had a bit of a breakdown when I, was, when I thought I was going to be late for my showing uh, when I tried to get the bus into town because the buses were bloody delayed and then taking our seat getting into the town because uh, the Transmit Festival was going on in Glasgow the same weekend. So the, the, the city centre of Glasgow was absolutely packed with people. Oh, so <laughs> trying to get through, trying to get to my show in, you know, on time. Luckily, I just got there when the final trailers were being shown, which you know, would actually worked out way better for me. Because uh, obviously, like, they say, oh, your showing's at 1. No, you mean my showing's at one twenty, and so all the adverts are done. So, you know, that worked out in that regard. <laughs> but I think my brother was waiting, so he went through to go to the toilets. So I had to then stand in the concession area and wait for him to come back because he had our tickets, so I couldn't get through until he came back. Otherwise, it was like I'm trying to chance it and sneak into the phone. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to get thrown out on your birthday of all days, do you? That, that would be a bit of a bummer. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Glad you enjoyed the film anyway, mate. Glad you had a nice day. Thank you, I really did. Uh, I think I got a few bits of bulbs. I'm a collector of Funkos and uh, I got a John Cena Peacemaker Funko, even though I still somehow haven't seen Suicide Squad yet, but I intend to find a way to watch Suicide Squad. But uh, I was quite happy with that. 
And I got a really cool Joker t-shirt uh, amongst a few other things, but those were the highlights of my birthday. But also, making other stuff that's comic related to Marvel, even though we're finished locally, we've still got stuff to come. And one of the upcoming offerings that we've got is the upcoming Hawkeye series uh, on Disney+. Plus. It's set to start November 27th, and most places I've seen say there's going to be six episodes. I did see somewhere in 90, it said eight episodes, so it's relatively uh, short, keeping the the same length that most of the Marvel shows have been keeping uh, so far uh, on Disney+. Plus. But it was weird that I didn't know how to feel about this upcoming show, because other than the fact that Jim Ryan was back as Hawkeye and Haley Steinfeld was playing uh, Kate Bishop in the series, Largely, they didn't, they, we got very little information about it, so I'm glad that we finally got a finally got a trailer for it to give us some idea of what it's all going to be about. But, Carl, what were your thoughts on seeing this trailer? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I like the whole sort of Christmas vibe uh, <laughs> running through it and the uh, most wonderful time of the year song <laughs> running through it. Uh, I had no idea Hayley Steinfeld was in it until I saw the trailer, so that was a, a nice surprise because she's normally really good. And uh, lots, lots of few comedy elements in the trailer, which which uh, I liked as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I don't, they really leaned into the Christmas value, I think, because that's when it's coming out. They even put in the trailer that this coming this holiday season, mm. like you said, that the most wonderful day of the year. Which kind of makes it funny, as you guys think, they probably filmed this right dead summer, and yet the, the scenes were filming <laughs> in New York, massive Christmas tree. American, you go, I think, passers by, going by, thinking, like, oh, the film's out now there. It's a massive Christmas tree, it's fucking July. Yeah, it's mad, it's probably warm as fuck, and uh, I think to wrap up and act like it's cold, it's uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> all good fun, but. Yeah, I'm intrigued. It looks like he's you know, promising he'll stay at home for Christmas with his family and then he's had to go, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, China or somewhere where somebody uh, is doing some vigilante in, in his name by the looks of it. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I think after Endgame, like, he was trying to retire. Like, I think he retired after like Civil War and you see him with his family and then his family are snapped away and that pulls him back in again uh, to also like, get them back. And then once again, he's been pulled back into it. You know, he's kind of basically, he's like Al Pacino is, is Hawkeye. You know, just when he thought he was out, they pull him back in. And I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this series because Hawkeye got a lot of stick for much of his time. So probably up until end game, we probably got to see how good he could be as a character because he was just kind of there in the background for most of his other appearances, so I'm glad Jeremy Renner gets to properly show you know what he can do in this series. Yeah, definitely. I, I like Jeremy Renner as an actor. I've, I've always quite liked Hawkeye. Actually, I think he's a he's a fun character. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all about I'm all about this uh, program. And yeah, it seems like superheroes are a bit like wrestlers; uh, they never really retire. <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, obviously, Kate Bishop plays the role that Haley Steinfeld was playing and uh, was uh, running the comics from the last uh, few years that just shows Hawkeye, you know, training Hardy, kind of take his place. And word is that this will be taking a lot of inspiration from that series. So I think eventually, I don't know if this will get like a second series at some point, but maybe they'll slowly but surely be phasing Jeremy Renner out and Hayley, as Clint Barton retires like properly and Haley Steinfeld kind of takes his place amongst. The Avengers or people like that, because like I said before, it seems like for the most part, majority of the the OG like twenty twelve Avengers crew are all slowly but surely disappearing. Like Robert Downey Jr. and Scott Johansson and Chris Evans are all done, and talk is that Chris Evans, no, talk is that Chris Evans will be done after the next Thor film. So you know, slowly but surely, you know, putting bringing new people in and phasing the old uh, previous actors out because obviously. They can only go for so long in these like kind of roles that require you know, a lot of action in it, and you know, so they can't go on forever. Yeah, hundred percent. And it definitely looks like Scarlett Johansson is done if uh, lawsuits anything to <laughs> go by. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of her, there, there's uh, work rumors of a. Uh, I can't get into this any more detail, where otherwise it might maybe delve into spoiler for Black Widow. 
even though I haven't seen it, but rumour is that uh, Florence Pugh, who uh, played uh, Black Widow's sister in the Black Widow film, may make an appearance in this series. All right, that'd be cool if that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's pretty good. Uh, I first discovered her when she was playing Paige in that Fighting With My Family, which is uh, really good. And you know, Haley Steinfeld, like I said, I was looking forward to it when I heard she was announced because uh, she was really good in uh, Bumblebee. Uh, which I think actually might be the best of all the Transformers films, and you know it, it was amazing when you take away Michael Bay and give and really dim down the explosions by like sixty percent. It's amazing how much better a Transformers movie can be. <laughs> it's amazing how much better any film can be. To to be honest, when you when you do those things, but yeah, I must admit I I thought um, it was a good, really good Transformers film, and I, I thought she played a character well. I also liked her in uh, I think it was Pitch Perfect too. Uh, I thought she was yeah. good in that as well. So uh, she's a good little singer as well as an actress. So, yeah, all good. Yeah, so we're looking forward to this. It'll be interesting to see uh, when this, I think it'll go through December after, like, you know, bringing it up as a holiday series, uh, like set at drink during Christmas. Uh, then you've got to think this is going to be finishing probably around right about the time that Boba Fett starts. So, you know, uh, really. Disney Plus are saying, don't go anywhere you know, during Christmas. You can order your shopping online, stay in, watch Hawkeye, watch watch Book of Boba Fett. Exactly. They've, they've got a steady stream of original programmes coming through, haven't they, on Disney Plus, which is good to see. Yeah, definitely, and we will also be covering both of those series when the time uh, comes. Not a lot is really said about the plot, as well, like, other than the fact that you know, he, she's kind of like impersonating him uh, in order to get back at some people and he's having to get involved because prove it's not him and also try and keep her safe and keep his family out of it. Uh, from what I know about Kate Bishop, apparently she comes across Hawkeye because she's trying to take out some people that are connected to her dad because her dad's got ties to organised crime, so she's trying to kind of stick up for her family. So, you know, we'll be a family will be a big element of it and I don't mean in that weird Vin Diesel way that he always goes on about <laughs> it in <a> fast and fast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it be interesting to see how long the episodes are as well because they've all they've all been sort of an hour apart from one division which was about 25 minutes 50 minutes if you add all the extra uh, credits <laughs> yeah I think if it's going to be around 6 or so episodes you add say 40 minutes 40-50 40, 40, minutes but sometimes you know the length varies but like you said yeah, the, the credits can uh, really add on to that length but the main takeaway I had from this trailer, other than you know, the plot and uh, seeing Haley Steinfeld in it, is uh, it was, they're in New York and they were said a theatre at one point, and there's a big poster that just says Rogers the musical, and then there's a sort of a stage where people dress as Avengers. Like, so seemingly they've gone to see a play in New York City about the life of Steve Rogers. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I, I like, uh, is it? Is it for Ragnarok where they they've got like different actors portraying um, like Thor and 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 whatnot? That that was that yeah. was fun. That was fun. So if, you know, it's as fun as that little scene. And I'm da- I'm down for it. Yeah, because also the world's still kind of mourning Dave Rogers. So you got to think this is happening no long after uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, like where this is set. Uh, and then also people online have screenshotted like person playing Thor in the Roger musical and they claim that it's secretly Chris Evans popping up in the background somehow in this show but even though they said he was done and again it might just be the internet with uh, too much time on its hands but I, I look forward to seeing that kind of scene uh, probably just be a throwaway but like the opening of like the first episode they're all being like New York and they go see a show and it's just this musical about life of Steve Rogers and Maybe, and I bet they'll have somebody playing Hawkeye and they don't do anything and he'll miss what he's like, like this guy who playing me, I don't like him. <laughs> or he's not in it at all, one or the other. Yeah. One, one of those things, yeah. But yeah, Hawkeye, I'm really looking forward uh, to it, oh, especially now after seeing this drill. Now we've actually got some footage of like what it's actually going to look like. But Carl, now we're going to get into the Bad Batch and as per usual, I've got my I don't see her, and we're going to go through the episode, the main like, plot of the episode, and then we'll delve into different aspects uh, of it. But before we, we delve into that, 
Carl, when you, you heard about you know this series of Bad Batch and you no know, trailers that were coming out, did you have any thoughts about the Bad Batch? Were you excited, or did you kind of not think much of it amongst the, all the other like announcements that were being made at the time? Yeah, yeah, I'll be perfectly honest. It it wasn't the one um, one of the ones I was most excited about. It, it wasn't. It's not like I don't fancy it. Yeah, well, you have. Yeah, you know, I definitely thought, yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch it, but not the same excitement for stuff like Loki and Hawkeye and mm-hmm. um, and what have you. Yeah, I I kind of was like, oh, okay, because I seen it was animated, and I heard like people from the Clone Wars were involved, so like, oh, that's that'll be interesting. I was still making myself my way. I was still making my way through the Clone Wars TV show at the time, uh, and I hadn't got to season seven where they introduced kind of the Bad Batch in the first like few episodes of the last season and then I realised, oh, well maybe this is the show more explain about who these guys are and then more and more details come about it but you didn't actually know what it was going to be, you know, you heard like Fennec Shan appearing in it, we like, well how's that going to play into it? I think it wasn't until the first episode that I probably until I watched this episode for the first time uh, that I probably got excited about where the show was going to go because there's so many little like details that relate to you know the things like the Clone Wars, and as we go through some things that hit, that hit into Rebels as well, because Dave Filoni is heavily involved. So as a, a fan of both shows, I'm constantly like being one of the ones. Oh, that's a reference to that thing. That's so and so from that show that one time. Yeah, definitely. It's um, I quite like the idea that Felix Shan's going to show up at some point. So there mm-hmm. were. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be pretty good on I guess going home I enjoyed this first episode uh, I don't know whether it really needed to be as long as it was though but uh, yeah it's a good start yeah I think I like the idea of the first episode kind of being a bit long like most of these episodes are about 20 or so minutes but this one was kind of an hour and 15 or so minutes like if you include the credits so yeah, that kind of a mini movie to kick us off. But like, I think if the if the series run was going to be a bit shorter, I'd agree with you. Then you would have more justification for this being as long as it was because you know you got sixteen episodes to go. Uh, so maybe you didn't need it to be as long. But had you already watched any of the series, or is this you watching it kind of the first time? I watched it kind of the first time. Ah, I've uh, I've seen majority of the season. I, I got to the finale, watched a little bit of it. And then had to do something else, so I haven't finished the final episode. So the only real thing I'll be seeing for the first time is when we get to the finale of the the series. But everything else, I've kind of I'm kind of rewatching. But we go into the first episode. I'll give you the main points. Kind of open with a similar kind of style, like seeing different faces of like Thor's characters, kind of similar to how the Mandalorian kind of starts. But you know this is quite different. And then you have the Clone Wars logo kind of fades out and burns away and then up comes the, the Bad Batch logo, which is kind of cool because it's kind of seen as almost a, a sequel almost to the Clone Wars. And uh, you get the same like introduction and narration as most of the uh, Clone Wars shows go where they tell you what's going on and it talks about uh, this is all the different battles that were happening during that scene and during that scene in episode 3 where like Order 66 happens and so and they're talking about Obi-Wan going after General Grievous and how that will end the war. And then you get to see a, a Jedi with a group of clones waiting for her Padawan to come back, her Padawan uh, by the name of Caleb Dune. And so I was like, oh, I recognise that voice. Uh, like, is that Freddie Prince Jr.? And then that's when I realised, oh, Caleb Dune changed his name later on to Kanan Jarrus from Rebels. So that was a nice sweet touch. I'd almost forgotten about that. And then he helps bring in the bad bats to help you know, the clone, the regular clones that are there, and the Jedi uh, with the uh, with the droids, and you get a kind of a reintroduction if you hadn't seen the Clone Wars uh, to what the, the Bad Batch is all about. And then, as they go to take out the remaining droids, uh, Order sixty six comes in, and the the regular clones all try to take killing the Jedi Master, and tell, she tells Caleb to run. And as you know, the Bad Batch try to figure out what the hell's going on, they try and help him. He just obviously doesn't trust anybody. He's trying to get away from them, and bizarrely, Crosshair tries to like, like shoot him as well, and says, "I know he keeps repeating, good soldiers follow orders.'" Uh, but Caleb gets away, jumping over the other side of a canyon, and when Crosshair gets there, Hunter just tells him, "Oh, he, I stunned him when he jumps and he, he fell in." So he lies. He says that he killed him just to cover the fact that he got away. They all go back to Camino as you know the changes are happening. The war is over. You know Grievous is dead, and 
uh, this is as you know Palpatine and the events of Avengers stuff you know are starting to take over and the all the clones are showing watching a screen of Palpatine's speech from Episode Three where he announces that you know the um, the beginning of the the Empire and they also discussed the idea of the clones having inhibitor chips which is a thing that was first brought up towards the end of uh, the Clone Wars which is basically what they used to turn all the clones against the Jedi but given the fact that they're defective. Uh, well, four of them are defective, and Echo was a regular clone, but he was experimented on by separatists. Then their never chip clearly didn't work. But he said he couldn't confirm that, and it cuts the crosshairs, basically implying that maybe has this somewhat actor, which is why he tried to kill Kim. Uh, and then we also went, we also went just to Omega, who we think is just a regular child, but is revealed to also be an enhanced kind of clone, but just kind of looks like a child. And she's the only one who really is nice to them, because we see that all the other clones kind of like on like the rejects or whatever, which causes a bit of a fight. Uh, we also see Governor Tarkin, later become Grand Moff Tarkin, who isn't really interested in clones and who kind of sets the seeds for, you know, the clones kind of being changed into the regular stormtroopers that we see in the original trilogy. So he tries to test Clone Force 99 in a simulation, even using live rounds at one point to try and properly test them. And... He then also sends a mission to take it away. He tells them as separatists, but it turns out to be just regular citizens and rebels led by Saw Gerrera, who you might remember from Rogue One. And obviously Hunter decides like not to kill them and he lets them go, which causes t- tension between him and Crosshair, because Crosshair said, oh, you should be following orders. And they find out that droid was spying on them. So that reports back to Targon, who basically captures them as soon as they return to Camino to get, to get uh, Omega. And they're seen experimenting on Crosshair and on his chips. So seemingly using the only one that the chip worked on, he kind of turned him against the others. But eventually the guys managed to escape. Uh, they want to help Crosshair, but they realize kind of Crosshair's already been turned against them. So, you know, they managed to escape. One of the clone says that somebody's overriding the controls on them when they try to stop them from flying away. And it seems like the Camoans uh, are kind of involved and they kind of help them escape as they don't trust the, their empire because they're trying to stop them from making more clones so it seems like they've got their own ulterior motive which is why they helped Omega and the Bad Batch escape and that's kind of how it ends they say they're going to meet somebody uh, one of the only friends that they have out there because now also they're wanted by the empire and that's kind of how it ends but a lot of stuff is kind of packed into this kind of hour long episode it is kind of as I said before a mini movie yeah there is a lot of sort of Packed in, and uh, there's some good stuff, uh, particularly like the beginning. Where <clears throat> obviously, Kane and Jarrus, it's a nice little callback to uh, Star Wars Rebels and mm-hmm. how things sort of unfolded um, for, for Kane and um, what's his uh, Caleb June, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. So, because he, he really doesn't like the sort of clones in certain episodes um, mm-hmm. and we see why because he witnessed them turn on his uh, Jedi Master and, and kill her in cold blood so it's a wonder he was the way he was in, in that and, it, and it's pretty cool and it's, uh, it's also a nice sort of thread that Cross has is um, affected differently than, than the others uh, mm-hmm. even before the you know, later on, he's he's sort of more sort of um, for following through Order sixty six mm-hmm. than the rest of the Bad Batch. Yeah, and yeah, interesting because they they have the bit where they're kind of experimenting on him, and where uh, the Camo says to Tarkin that you know it hasn't fully taken effect like the other eggs, but you know it's it has you know taken some made some effect despite his you know his you know. His affection and how they his difference in programming, and they say, "Can you all can you enhance it?" And they say, "Yes." And he's seen him, and then the next thing you see him, they he just he's standing with the other clones, and you know they kind of do make a good job of making Crosshair look like a threat when he turns against them because you see Ellen in the episode, he's kind of the sniper of the the group, and like they've all got something that's been enhanced about them that makes them, you know, like kind of more skilled than the regular clones. And his is also his like sharp shooting ability, and so given that even though there's four of them and like one of him, they are still he like never misses. So even when it's just them against him, 
you still see Crosshair as a threat because like he's so good like with his weapon. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And um as you say, they've all got the the sort of unique abilities which you sort of get to see them used throughout this episode, which which is really cool. And it's also um good to see sort of Tarkin in there as well. He's still a, an admiral at this point. And if only he had hindsight, perhaps he'd realise <laughs> that replacing clones with recruits perhaps <laughs> isn't the greatest idea in the world, judging by how poor shots and everything uh, <laughs> the Star Troopers we see in the Star Wars films are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, he obviously at one point does seem interesting, keep maybe keeping Clone Force 99, as they're called, or the Bad Batch, like on. But also, when they don't, when, he, when it's revealed that they don't kill Saul Guerrero and the rebels, then he sees they can't, they can't be trusted, except also for Crosshair. But also, they are forewarned, like he doesn't like clones. And so, you got that really cool, like, action scene in the, the training facility, at which point he just tells them to uh, switch to live rounds. And, like, they. Mela, so the guy in charge says, like, that'll damage the clones and the facility. And he just, talking does he just barely turns and goes, Yeah, and you'll be compensated for it now. Switch to live rounds. So she was just like he was, seemingly in the original movie. He is very, like, uncaring towards others. So, and he, he was shown as a member of the Republic and the Clone Wars, but he was still a dick in that. So it shows that Tarkin as a character has always been an arsehole, even before he was in the Empire. Yeah, he's he's very cold and calculated and seemingly only really cares about his own sort of career trajectory and uh, pleasing the Emperor. Yeah, and he just cares about like, what's best for the Empire. He, he, he thinks basically that he doesn't think the cost of producing clones now that there's no longer a war on is is really worth it. So, and also the Camelons, like don't like kind of being seemingly turned on by the Empire, which is why they helped them escape at the end. And you guys see where that where that goes. But what did you I should mention uh, a round of applause should be given to D. Bradley Baker as he voices all five members of the Bad Batch plus like any like of the regular clones that talk during this episode. So the majority of this episode is just him. So you know we said before, hopefully he gets paid like what he deserves for this because he's doing a lot of work for this series. Yeah, definitely, and he's he sort of got to sort of interact with himself almost, <laughs> doesn't he? Which is very bizarre. So yeah, as you say, I hope he's getting uh, adequately paid for for his hard work here. Um, but yeah. Uh, something sort of tells me there's, there's going to be more to CI with uh, this Amiga character as well, which I'm sure we'll find out as the uh, the season develops. Yeah, because like she's the only one that's, as I said before, is actually nice to them. Because like she sits with them and they're like, "You want to sit with us?" They're basically like in a high school. They're like the kind of unpopular kids of the nerds, basically. All the rejects sitting on the one table and like. Uh, when the when the when the regular clones walks past and calls them like the reject squad or whatever, I look at them. They've got a new recruit and they kind of laughs at them. And then Wrecker and Omega basically start a food fight in the middle of the canteen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which uh, would only endear them to uh, Admiral Tarkin even more. I, I should imagine. Mm-hmm. He does. He oh, really right. doesn't like the fact. He really doesn't like the fact that they sort of use their own methods and don't really follow us to the letter, does he? That's his, that seems to be one of his another one of his beefs with um maybe not necessarily the clones, but definitely with um Unit ninety nine, the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because like when they were introduced in like Clone Wars they were seen as kind of a close knit group and they all like they kind of had their own way of doing things and that's especially why we all question Crosshair when he's so focused on like following what the Empire says like or you disobeyed orders and one and record. I think it says, I think it's record that says, you know, when has that ever stopped us? When have we ever, when have you ever not been okay with us not following orders? We always do things our own way, which again plays into the idea that it's not fully crosshair doing this. It's maybe the chip that's causing that we kind of turn against them, which they kind of set up in season six of the corner, which again is a plot thread that they've followed through, which is also probably, which is probably because 
Dave Filoni is involved, which again is another thing that Dave Filoni really gets Star Wars and how you tell like long run stories across multiple series. Yeah, definitely, because it would be easily easy to forget about um, that sort of that portrait of the the inhibitor chips and and whatnot of what's better series down the down the line when they've forgotten certain character traits, like mm-hmm. somebody's supposed to be like scared of spiders, and then a couple of seasons later they've got a pet spider or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> so, so it's nice that. They know what's going on and they can remember stuff, uh, and it'd be interesting to see where it goes and and how Crosshair's sort of character develops and if he ends up joining back with the rest of the Bad Batch, which I'm assuming he will do at some point. Mm-hmm. And even a, a, a small kitty hint back to when the Bad Batch went, just because they saved Echo after he was like experimented on in some like separate facility, which turned him into kind of almost a reject even though he wasn't like designed that way unlike the other guys and Omega were uh, but then eventually he felt more comfortable with them and he went with them but he was kind of experimented on uh, by like droids so when he wakes up and sees the medical droid above him he immediately panics and like get get his machines away from me which is showing that like and they say like early on in the episode when we joke about the smell the how the barracks the little cast smells and they say yeah, cause you'll get used to it you're still new so it shows that obviously that what happened to him is still fairly recent, and he's still kind of having almost PTSD to it, which you don't get, expect to see a character going through kind of PTSD in an animated series, which you usually think most animated shows, especially one on Disney Plus, would be like made for you know younger viewers. Yeah, hundred percent, and um, it's kind of they are kind of like more sort of grown up aren't they uh, mm-hmm. sort of series and they can be enjoyed by children but there's there's enough in there for a more mature audience which is cool and I like a little scene later on when they're when they're back and someone says it smells funny it says, well, that's, because it's, that's because it's been cleaned <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically and they, basically they get given really the shit bags, or at least it's like turn to shit because they don't really clean up after themselves but it goes to show how they how they live in the barracks amongst you know, everybody else, and how like they're basically isolated from everyone else, and like the and the facility on Kimia, which it's always raining on Kimia. There's never a scene either in the live action films or an animation where it's not bloody raining. Although it does make the final scene when Crosshair is revealed to now be a bad guy and the lightning flashes, it does service it to be a lot more dramatic. Yeah, it's quite good that ending sequence when. Crosshair seems to be leading a, a bunch of um, other clones as they try to stop um, the Bad Batch from leaving. Uh, mm-hmm. he, and he does actually try to shoot Hunter, but he, he, luckily he, he does miss. So um, very, very interesting. Yeah, and as you say, it's interesting that the, uh, is it Kimonans, uh help um Help them escape. Uh, help, help them escape. Yeah, he's obviously tampering with the controls, and uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be quite interesting, I think. Also, the fact that uh, Wrecker does get caught with a shot from from Crosshair at one point, so also goes you know, he, he, it doesn't to him right now. It doesn't matter what they've done before. He's always he's done a bit bigger picture things, so he doesn't mind having to take any of them out which then fairly shows that he's kind of turned on them. Uh, and the thing with Omega kind of through this episode is that she's kind of like, you're always, is that you're wondering why is she taking interest in the bout? Who is she? Like one of the Kimmelins just said that she's just a medical assistant. And I think she's kind of a regular child, but uh, uh, Tech quickly finds out that she's a clone as well. And he mentioned, doesn't mention until they decide to go back to Camino and, uh, uh, Echo just goes and like, and you told, and you say to wait until now to mention it. So like, <laughs> big, one of the big mysteries of the episode, like, who is she? And then you very reveal it, and then they manage to throw a joke in there, like, and you chose to wait till now to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's good that they put some like humor in these things, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there's going to be something more, a lot more than meets the eye with uh, this Omega. So I'm, I'm quite intrigued to see how. Her character develops and and what actually goes on there. 
It was yeah. quite good as well that we saw um, Sol Guerrero as well. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they mentioned I thought there was a I think it was three or four episodes they came in one of the series to like uh, they were probably basically showing people how to fight back against the empire and Sol Guerrero was involved in it and obviously he would be a big part of the rebellion like and it appears in Rebels he's in uh, Rogue One as a much older version of himself uh, played by Forrest Whitaker and that. And so, yeah, so he also he's always been kind of fighting against either the separatists or the empire. He's always kind of been. And he basically it's maybe the scene where they kind of fully show, even though the kind of bad batch, except for Crosser, were kind of always suspicious of this new empire. This is where the kind of their eyes are open to, like this is what you're being asked to do, and you're not fighting droids. You're basically being sent to kill innocent people. Yeah, um, I think. Obviously, that looks like it's probably the beginnings of the uh, sort of rebellion res- resistance to the Empire. Uh, it's quite telling that they were sort of sent more, more of a test than anything else by Tarkin. I, I, he probably didn't think they'd follow through with the mission, but he wanted to send them out there and, and see. And um, it was sort of telling that he was ready for them when they come back and had them arrested as... Pretty, pretty uh, handily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were like quite a lot of the, quite a large group of clones waiting for them as soon as the, mm. as soon as they walked in, and then either he mentions that they already got the report from the droid that was following, even though Hunter manages to shoot it, or it already told Tarkin everything that had happened. So yeah, they're basically walking into a trap. But it does, it does manage to be funny. Like you say, you got that line about when they get thrown in a cell, but it being clean. But then you go, well, at least we call almost one thing and they see that Omega's also in the same cell because it was her that they came back for because she'd been found sneaking around the the mm. Bad Batch's kind of barracks for looking for something. We see you hold up a pad of some, but you, never, you don't actually get told what the object is that she was looking for. And so she gets kind of taken in. So it's kind of convenient. They also like, get captured. Oh, look, Omega, the person we're looking for is in the same cell as us. Yeah, well, the bad news is we've been captured, but the good news is at least we found Omega. Yeah, that's very much the case. Also, like one of the few like bits, few jokes in this is that I really enjoyed because also they they do happen, but they are spread across it. But uh, there's a scene where they go, they're about to go on this kind of test by Tarkin, and uh, and Wrecker's got this giant like box of ammunition. And he's of it. No, I'll say this for the Empire; they really know. They stock a lot better weapons. You should see the armory. And Crosshair just kind of they look. He actually cried. <laughs> <laughs> He's like that you know, kind of expression. Like I cannot even like deal with this kind of thing. And then he tries. He forces to bring on board, even though Tex says there's no one. Goes. It's not going in my box. I'm not sleeping next to an active weapon again. <laughs> I love the fact he put again, which goes to show the kind of things that Wrecker gets up to. Yeah, he's uh, he's a bit of a nutcase, isn't he? He's uh, apart from being really strong, he's almost uh, Liam. <laughs> yeah, he's he's more uh, bronze than brains, and like there's there was a moment in there where someone confuses him, and uh, one of them goes, "Try not to think about it too much," basically implying like, "Don't try and think about it; it's not what you're good at." <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Because I think it's a thing about Deep Bradley Baker, and like especially with the Bad Batch, is that you, in the Clone Wars, you basically everybody had the same voice, but he had to do like the whole thing to establish how they were different. Whereas each guy kind of has, even though they sound very similar, they do have the different kind of pitches to their voice, and also their character, different characters are truly their different character traits are properly like shown through how they're obviously portrayed, how they're animated, but also through how he gives each of them a different voice. Yeah, yeah. It, it just shows how good of a, a sort of voiceover artist um, Deep Bradley Baker is, to be fair, that he makes um, all, all members of the uh, Bad Batch sound uniquely different, but still maintain then uh, a bit of similarity at the same time. It's very clever work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also it made sense to bring him back because he was the voice of the clones back in uh, Clone Wars and they brought him back for Rebels when they brought back like Rex as like have an older clone when Kanan is forced to be so like, you know he doesn't like clones he's forced to have to work alongside a couple of them so 
you know, obviously it, may, it would make sense to bring him back. He is basically the voice of the clones. But then obviously the idea of Omega, they save Omega, they bring her with him and she basically talks about that she's never been off Camino before. And there's also a touching moment with uh, Riker has this stuffed toy in his barracks and she finds it and gives it back to him when they're on the ship. Yeah, and he's like overjoyed that he's got his like teddy back, <laughs> this big <laughs> yo hulking bloke with his cuddly tie. Yeah, like like he's basically like L, like he's him to basically force find them an exit out of their cell because he's like banging into the side of it to kind of cause a dent small enough for Omega to go through. Because uh, I'll say it wasn't built for somebody his size or how strong he was, and. Uh, like they hear a creak noise and the clones are walking like, what's that? And he tries to repeat back what Tech had said to him. Like, oh, these, these cells were not designed for larger individuals such as myself. He tries to repeat it and sound smart for once. And you see Tech and Cross and Tech and Hunter basically putting their face in their hands. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> like, he's trying to sound smart. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like me. Not, not, not his forte sounding smart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know we we try our best bless us <laughs> we do try our best but I think that's pretty much the episode I'll say uh, we're left to kind of think oh who are they going to who have they got that they can go to because they say that they know somebody they say that they know somebody that they can turn to or now that they're wanted by the Empire so you're always wondering who they're going to go to what's going to happen next what's what happened with Crosshair and you know, Tarkin being the main kind of portrayed as the main antagonist for the series going forward. So I think it does what it needs to, even though you said it maybe is a bit longer than it should be, it does do what it needs to in terms of establishing these characters. If you didn't like watch them in the Clone Wars and establishes what the series is going to be. Yeah, definitely. It, as you say, it does a good job of sort of reintroducing you to the characters if you haven't seen their episodes on the Clone Wars and telling you sort of what they're all about and um, sort of starting you off and you're on the journey, really, with uh, Bad Batch on the run and um, trying to figure things out. So it's certainly quite interesting. Uh, as, uh, as I keep saying, I'm sure there's going to be something more about uh, Omega, and I think it's going to be very. I'm quite keen to learn who this person is they can go to for help. Mm-hmm. So, I, I remember watching this the first time, and I was left feeling really excited uh, as a fan of the Clone Wars, like seeing this kind of more successor series to it, and also the introduction, having Kale, uh, Kane and Jairus uh, at the start of it was. A nice uh, little touch, and then also saw her later on. So there's all these little touches, you know, for a hardcore Star Wars or like Clone Wars fan, kind of enjoy. But also makes you thinking, even though it's an hour long, it leaves you one more. You want to know where the series is going to go. So, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about, or do you want to go straight into the ratings? Uh, we'll go into the ratings. I think we've covered everything uh, that's worthwhile covering for, mm-hmm. for now on the on that first episode. Ah. Uh, I think it was all right. I don't think it was anything spectacular. So I'm thinking about a seven out of ten. I think I'm going to go an eight because I was like, I think I may have enjoyed it slightly more than you, but obviously I don't want to go. I'm not uh, going to go so far as like hang on the little bits of fan service and say it was ultimately a ten. So I think an eight is a the highest I can, but maybe give it as like, as far as first episodes go, it does knock out of the park I, I feel like the action sequences are really well done and also it's done by people who really get Star Wars and have a tra- good track record with it uh, I don't know how we're going to deal with the rating systems when we do these like batches I think we're going to do like four or so episode four episode batches because they all have like 20 or so minutes each so kind of condense them into kind of batches uh, I don't know how we're going to do it rating wise but we'll figure that out it's future Scott and Carl's problem uh, <laughs> but are you looking forward to seeing what the rest of the series has to offer? I am actually. Yeah, I mean, I think it's set it up quite nicely, and uh, I'm keen to get through more episodes and find out how it all develops. Mm-hmm. And yourself, I take it, I take it you're 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 excited 
to watch them or finish off if, as you've already watched a fair few as you said yeah I've already watched kind of a fair few uh, I think I, I think the, the series in the middle does take uh, does kind of have peaks and troughs but you know when the episodes are good they are really good like there are episodes that we're going to get to that properly stand out and maybe be worthy of a 10 at some point but you know yeah I've not really probably seen the final like, episodes so I want to you know, see how they, they wrap up this season uh, and what happens ultimately with the bad batch and with Crosshair. But, you know, that's all for the future. But for now, Carl, uh, you said that you've been really enjoying you know, the Tennis and Youth Open. I'm sure that we've uh, got something on Rogue Pines Day content-wise for people who are also enjoying the tennis. Uh, I don't know if we have or not, to be honest. Uh was there not an article on our website? Oh, but... yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some... Yeah, I think my pod. We were looking at doing that. Uh, the US Open pod, but Nathan's been a bit unwell, so uh, we're mm-hmm. going to have to postpone that. And it might not. It might be too late in the day by the time we're ready, so we'll have to see. But, yeah, there are a couple of articles looking at the, mainly the women's final and Amarada Carney, because she's the British interest, who's um, sort of captured the nation and... And pretty much the world by now, I would say, with a pretty much miraculous su- success, it has to be said. Um, so, yeah, check that out on um, rogueopinions.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. I have many other articles as well, uh, some by um, Anthony. He used to say it's fun to discuss... Uh, what Arsenal need to do to improve and uh, don't worry he's, he's broke it down into five little sections so yeah, it's not a massive essay because there's, there's a lot that Arsenal need to do, let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, But in the podcasting realm Carl, what you got to say I've heard tell that Rogue Chronicles is back <laughs> Yeah, Rogue Chronicles is back, the latest episode um, me and Liam recorded one about Anton Sugar the the main antagonist from No Country for Old Man with his little sort of that little air gun cattle thingy he has. So, um, yeah, tune into that. That's an interesting episode. It's quite a unique villain to talk about. And uh, as there's also um, uh, a podcast where the, the Bantam Munich boys are back for... Maybe one last time. There might be others here and now if uh, we can pull Reese out of retirement every so often. As um, yeah, it's just called Carl Reese and Liam talk shite or something along those lines. So <laughs> that's what you'd normally expect from us, really. He says one last time, you know, the same way that Vin Diesel's been promising one last ride for the past four or five Fast and Furious movies. So I'm sure this won't be the last time you hear these guys getting together. Uh, yeah, it's like if some someone like Ric Flair said they're retiring, you, you know they'll be back eventually. <laughs> uh, you can, and also you can get Rogue Opinions, uh, all the stuff we're involved in, you know, at Rogue underscore Opinions on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, find us also a Pod Ain't Easy, where we also post uh, the stuff that we're involved in, whether you're, you're together or apart. Uh, you can find Carl at Carl's underscore fire 80 on Twitter you can get me at Scott McLeod 1996 uh, also on Rogue Opinions eventually Carl will be joining myself and Sam when we can find a date to get together uh, for Backlash 2000 uh, Scott and Paul's Ramblin podcast now part of uh, Rogue Opinions feed and we'll soon have an episode discussing uh, some of the early episodes of season 6 of Fraser, including one one of my f- favourite episodes ever of Frasier called Dial M for Martin. It's a really good episode. Uh, and we've also got some impact stuff coming in the upcoming weeks as well. I think we're, I think I'm being a bit quiet on the Rogue Opinions for now. I wasn't able to join the guys for the All Out pod, but Sam, uh, other Sam, uh, who now called Preston and Rian all got together to showcase why they should not be left alone to do a podcast together uh, without me. So oh, go check those guys out. Uh, Nathan and Jimmy have been doing stuff together, but obviously Nathan is under the weather right now, and we we do wish him the best and a quick recovery. Uh, outside of this, obviously now Scott and Paul Ram Pockets is part of the Rogue Pines. I can't really plug that; I've already done it. 
uh, you know, ESSR, you can find me on there. My uh, The show I do there called East Meets West has just released a, a G1 preview ahead of New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 Climax Tournament. And I was also on a show arguing who are the best WWE United States champions, uh, as well as some, there's a lot of other content going on there. But uh, those are the main two things I've been involved in recently. Yeah, uh, a lot of stuff um, going on there for old Scott, but <laughs> as usual, I was just like to make a bit of an apology if anyone saw my uh, my missed tweet the other week where I accidentally uh, promoted the wrong um, <laughs> the wrong the wrong part, and all I can say is uh, tweeting ain't easy. <laughs> Carl's privileges. For the Rogue Events Twitter account, have temporarily been suspended, uh, <laughs> pending pending review. But thank you once again, Carl, uh, for joining us. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for more Bad Batch. Yeah, bye everybody.